Hi guys, welcome back to the Talks Too Much podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Carla. And we are here to share what we have been loving and learning lately. Carla. Yeah. What have you been talking too much about lately? Oh yeah, this is our new our new intro idea because we thought we were clever. Um, Didn't that sound official though? It did. It did. I think that was a good. We For tried only our second episode. We tried it out, and now we know that we're legit. Um, this week, I think the thing I've been talking too much about, which you would already know because I've been talking too much about it to you, but. Um, I tried CrossFit for the first time. You did? Which feels kind of wild because I pretty much swore that I would never do something like this ever because I just I just didn't think I ever would be able to slash would want to for that matter. Am I am I allowed to say that you were nervous? Oh, I was nervous. Okay. And I was perhaps prob- petrified. <laughs> I felt like my body was literally like, it wasn't, even my mind was like, I know I'll p- probably live through this. But my <laughs> mind, like my body was like, probably not. <laughs> I don't think so. So I was terrified. You had a visceral reaction yeah, that's- to the idea of working out with other people. Yeah, literally. I was like, I, there's literally nothing I'd rather do. Not even just working out with other people, but working out with people this gym is very close to our house. So it's like kind of people who I know, know, like the first thing one of the guys we work out with said was like, oh, I know your grandparents, like, which is fine. But like, it was just, you know, it's like amazing how you're like, I can't. The joy of living yeah. where you grew up. <laughs> and where your parents grew up also. Yes. Um, so I was like, I was like, not only is it just people, but it's like people in our community. So I was really nervous. And then I, Max, my husband has been going, Max has been going for months and is in in love with it, like loves it, thinks it's the best thing ever, so much fun, he's so happy, whatever, he goes a couple days a week and it's just his favorite thing. So he's been trying to get me to go, probably also because I've been complaining about being like, I don't like this workout, I want to do this, I want to do something out of the house and he's like, you should just try CrossFit. So he finally convinced me to go like earlier in the week and he was like, just come Friday morning, It'll be like chill. It'll be good. Whatever. I'm like, no chance. It's going to be chill, but whatever. I'll like, fine. I'll just go and I'll hate it. And then you won't make me go anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally, I got home late Thursday night, but I was still like, whatever. I'm going Friday morning. I don't think I really slept that very well that night. I think I, I didn't realize it, but I was very nervous. So I, <laughs> I realized it. Well, I know we talked Thursday <laughs> night, but like, I didn't think I would not sleep well because of it. Um, so no, it's like any big scary yeah it felt like Like a huge exam or yeah like when we would shoot weddings yeah or like if you have an early flight and you're like afraid you're I think I kept thinking I was gonna like sleep in which uh Max is not allowed gonna let that happen so anyway I woke up and I was like fine let's just go do it but then we get there and it's the end of the they have a 6 a.m class it was the end of the 6 a.m class and they looked dead it was all these like it was a big class like a full class of people and all these really fit people and they looked like they had just like run three marathons and I was like this is the worst idea I've ever run away literally my whole at speed walk away I was like I was like word vomiting to max like just like I couldn't I was like what are they doing how why are they are they gonna survive this like it was just they just looked so they were like laying on the floor in like puddles of sweat and I was like this is the worst idea I've ever had. 
And Max was like, it's fine. He literally got annoyed with me. He was like, just shut up. Just go sit over there. And he, was, <laughs> he didn't tell me to shut up. But he was just like, can you just like chill? And I was like, no, I actually absolutely no. cannot. <laughs> I actually can't right now. Um, so yeah, we, but then they left and like, I think part of it, yeah, it was like dark, whatever. The sun came out. They, those really intense people all filed out. And then like two other people show up for the 7 a.m. class. And I'm like, okay. The coach was super nice. Long story short, the workout was very hard, but they were able to like really help me. I think they call it scale it so that it was like reasonable for me to do. Yeah. And when I modify. modify it, but like in a significant enough way that I could actually do it because the workout as it was written, literally no chance. Well, I think we've both been to classes where they're like, if this is too much for you, you can do this. Yes. And the option is like something that's a 10 out of 10 hard. And then the modification is like a nine out of 10 yes. hard. Like it's not, you're like, well, this still is terrible. Yes, <laughs> like, that's the thing. And I have somebody who is not a su super fit, super athletic person, not even moderately super fit or moderately athletic, truly. Um, yeah. I was like, it's, I've been to workout classes where I've just felt completely like unable to do it. And you just want to be at the back of the class where no one can see you. But yeah, you're like, I want the three out of 10 option. Yeah. Not the nine out of 10. Because option. it's a 10 out of 10 for me at the moment. Like it's right. You know, yeah. like I'm putting in. So they were actually really able, there was like a bunch of options. And so at the beginning of the class, they like kind of like you, you, they do like kind of like a clinic and show you how to do stuff. And I think after seeing what I could do, he was like, oh, okay, you could do this with this and this with this. And it ended up being like the perfect amount because the way the workout works is you're supposed to like do all this stuff in 10 minutes. That was like the, the main part of it. And I could actually finish like what I was doing, which was of course not like nearly as hard as what the, the planned workout was. Were you am wrapping? Uh, AMRAP? Yes, 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 yes. I have to think about it, but yes, it was am wrapping as many rounds as possible. And you're supposed to get five rounds in and I got five rounds in and I didn't even like fall onto the floor afterwards, which I thought was impressive. Did you shed a single tear? No, I didn't cry one time. Oh my I know, gosh. I know, I know. Not saying that you would. I'm just kidding. No, I might. I, I mean, <laughs> there was a month. I would have probably punched Max mostly. <laughs> and we're getting divorced. Yeah. Um, I went for a month or two when our brother Jack was still in high school and I was home from college, like over winter break yeah. for a, a month or three weeks or whatever. And we went to CrossFit together. It wasn't for you. It was not for me. It I... I don't think it sounds like the coach that you had was yeah. a lot more like in tune. I we would go to classes where there were a lot of people, and yeah. so I definitely always left and was like, I I can't even lift up my arm. Like this isn't even this isn't fun. This yeah, is, when you like take it too far. Yeah. Meanwhile, our brother was like this very strong yeah, fit. fit. <laughs> he was just like throwing all and this ox. weight around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, come on, Emily. <laughs> right. And you're like, no, literally. Also, like, I think when does yoga start? <laughs> right. I feel like we're, we are like per just individually built differently, but also totally. they are very, they were much more like they were very more attentive. I honestly think than any other, like I've started, I have started at workout places a lot in my day. Uh, not not stayed long, but I have tried. Uh, but no, like I've gone to Pilates and bar and yoga and whatever. And I feel like they were the most like you're new. Let's like actually make sure you know what you're doing instead of just like having you try to attempt to do what everyone else is doing and yeah, feel like you're gonna die and die. So 
That's so nice. Anyway, it was great. The only real issue was that I did not have the appropriate sports bra. I haven't done like high intensity workouts like that in a long time or not done them outside of my own house. Cause if you're doing it in your own house, <laughs> it's a little bit of a different <laughs> vibe. Yeah. So I had like all these sports bras that are like low to medium and I, Homegirl's got some boobs, so I had to. I ordered like six bras over the weekend, so hopefully when those get here, one of them is oh, yeah. literally. Have you heard of the SheFit bra? No. It's literally Max. Max was like, "You need some ratchet straps." <laughs> <laughs> and literally, this bra basically has it. It's like these like um, Velcro like straps oh, that you like, like pull. Yeah. So, well, because the thing is, is like, if it's a really compressive bra, you can't get it on. True. So it's like this thing you put on and then you tighten it up. I've seen some high, like a higher impact sports bras that are front zip, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really good idea because I mean, maybe, maybe you can get it on before Before. you work out, but afterwards do a crossfit workout be sweaty be unable to lift your arms like you're sleeping in that thing no literally i that is a true fear <laughs> of mine i wore two sports bras when i went because i was like i just literally was like i don't have one that will that will i tried jumping i knew the workout was going to include some amount of jump rope and i was like i'm going to hit myself in the face so um <laughs> i wore two sports bras but i don't want to have to do that because literally it felt like i was wearing like a bulletproof vest yeah i was like <laughs> did you feel like you were couldn't, couldn't breathe because that's that's why I don't like tight sports bras. I, feel I like know I can't breathe. But it, I'm excited about these. It, I actually I bought some from Bare Necessities, which is like a like online bra and underwear store, if I understand correctly, and then one from this brand, SheFit. So the one from SheFit was seventy five dollars. That's crazy, but yeah, but if people it works swear really, by them. Yeah, if it works well, and you maybe like get one mm-hmm. and just if you're, I mean. Are you going to start going regularly? I think I'm going to go twice a week is my, is my, I'm going to start out with that. I actually have to go to like a couple, I think they call them like foundation classes. So you mm. like learn how to do stuff. So I think I'm going to start there and then we'll see how it goes. But I, yeah, I honestly, I did really like it after all of that. It was actually fun. And I think when I have the appropriate, uh, year to make it It sounds it like you have the appropriate mindset now, which was... Yeah, it's kind of like what the was part. the hardest yeah piece of it before going. Yeah, the people honestly like the other two people that were there were super nice and friendly and very like. There was one girl that's actually a coach there, and she was like really helpful, and I, it just it had a completely different energy than a lot of other workout classes I've gone to, where you feel very much like you're like, uh, do you want to help me or do you want to just like ignore me in the back corner? So. It was good. So Emily, what are you talking too much about this week? <laughs> I have been talking about my new favorite thing, which are the Bose sleep buds. Oh my gosh. You told everyone about this last my night. Li- my <laughs> life has changed. All the reviews are true. They are I- incredible. Well, explain what they even are because I don't think a lot of people <laughs> even know. Okay. So I've had issues with like falling asleep or staying asleep pretty much my entire life. Carl and I used to share a room. We had bunk beds. She talks throughout her sleep. I don't it know. It would about wake that. it's hundred percent true. <laughs> um it was actually you used to like talk about your friends and like it was very funny. Yikes. Um, <laughs> I was spilling so, all my secrets to you in the middle of the night. No, oh. I, I don't remember. I don't think so. But anyway, we shared a room and then we had rooms next to each other and she used to talk in her sleep and it would wake me up. And I just I've just been a light sleeper my entire life. And I have come to actually acknowledge 
and embrace that. And having a newborn, obviously you are waking up all the time, but now we're at a point where John John sleeps through the night, but he still is noisy. Like he'll be rolling around and you can see on his monitor, he's not awake, his eyes are closed, but he's just making noise. Like he's dreaming or something. And then the other thing is that Patrick has a CPAP because he has sleep apnea. <laughs> the right, he's diagnosed at the ripe old age of like 20. Right. <laughs> so he wears this like Darth Vader mask that is okay when it's on properly, but if he like rolls around too much and it gets pushed, it ends up being And he's really a loud. really heavy sleeper. He's a very heavy sleeper. And also, yeah, like if it's not on right, he'll start snoring. So pretty much... Now being pregnant again, having to wake up and go to the bathroom, waking up, I think just like your hormones and stuff make you, and then hearing them, I was feeling like I was getting pretty much no sleep. So the Bose Sleep Buds, they're definitely an investment, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to try it because yeah, otherwise I'm it. moving into our guest room and like <laughs> sleeping in our basement. I did that one night and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, so they're just these little sleep buds. They don't have cords or anything. They're, you can, there are different like little size things they come with to make sure they fit your ears right. You put them in. It's attached to an app on your phone. Look them up if you're a sensitive sleeper. I think everyone should <laughs> consider them because I sleep so much better now. And the biggest difference is that even if I have to get up and pee or something, when I get back in bed, I can actually fall asleep way faster because I'm not hearing like his CPAP machine and the dog scratching it, like just yeah. all the like random stuff that apparently happens in my house at night. Right. It's <laughs> a lot happening. It's a very noisy place. Um, yeah. All of that's still just blocked out. So I fall back asleep way faster and I've That's used amazing. them like three nights in a row now. I'm in love. You're in a, you're in a dream state. That's well, amazing. I have to use them now because in June we're going to have a newborn again and I'm not right. going to be able to wear them. So I'm like <laughs> trying to bank up some sleep now. Yeah. No. But tell us about your your second baby. You got um, your – Emily has two bedrooms like next to each other in her house and the other one's yeah. about to be full. They're at the end of the hall across from each other. So one has John John's little room with his crib and changing table and everything. And then we just got a new crib. Well, it's not new. I got it on Marketplace for $35. dollars I wish. $350 on Marketplace. It's this really nice crib. I would never have known that you could get so much great, like really nice baby stuff on Marketplace if one of my friends hadn't told me. She got a whole matching set for mm. her daughter so anyway, I think this was a particularly good find, but yeah, it's like a $1,400 crib. Oh my God. I know. That's insane. And, um, it makes yeah, sense. I've started thinking about like curtains and, you know, I mean, it's, the nursery's for the mom. Like everyone yeah, knows yeah, the nursery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fun room for you. <laughs> it's for the parents. It's not for, like the baby doesn't care and the baby sleeps in your room for a while. So yeah. Before we get started, I wanted to just put out a little content warning or trigger warning because we are planning to discuss things like weight and body image, disordered eating, things like that. If that is something that is not in, you're not into right now, that is totally fine. We invite you to please uh, come back for next week's episode. All right. Well, today guys, we are going to do kind of a fun episode 
all about our body confidence journeys. Um, we've had different journeys, but uh, kind of similar, I feel like, thoughts or things we've, revelations or whatever through the whole thing. And I feel like you, I don't know if you would agree, but I feel like we're both in really good places with our bodies. I mean, yours yeah. is sort of changing by the day in terms of being, what are you, 23 weeks pregnant? 20, mm -hmm. 20, oh, I'm so good at guessing. Um, but so hers obviously is a completely different perspective from a like mom that is currently pregnant and has recently been pregnant and whatever. Well, yeah. And going through the, I think the, the postpartum part was actually a lot more like challenging, challenging than pregnancy. I don't know. Yeah. There's like, so, it's like the nursery, you know, there's like so much excitement and anticipation yeah. and it's like your belly's growing and you know, you're going to have this awesome baby at the end. And then afterwards you're like, Hmm, didn't quite pop right into my old jeans. Did ya? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I mean, that's a whole conversation about people being like ex having really high oh. expectations for themselves, but, but you don't even realize what has what you've like internalized. Yeah. That's what's crazy is I would not have said I had high expectations for myself, but then being in that phase, starting to get frustrated being like, I thought my clothes would just fit by this point. Like I right. want to wear my old stuff. Right. Cause it's been nine months of not wearing it or you know, whatever, six months of not wearing it. You just assume like a couple more. It's like, yeah. really you get pregnant and you like should pack up your old clothes because <laughs> it's going to be a minute. Seriously. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about all yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I, I can start with sort of my history. I feel like I have a, I don't know, say say normal, but the like I've, I have found a large community of people who have had a similar experience of kind of growing up during, I guess, the 90s, early 2000s, where really skinny, thin women, that was like the ideal body type. And that just being like you say internalized, like that just being like the ideal, like everyone and their mother and their grandmother all believed that. Like it wasn't even up for discussion, like whether it was good to have curves or not. It was like, it was the seasons of low rise jeans. So like everybody was just Lord really help us. Lord help us. Um, it was just like a known thing that you should want to be thin and skinny and, and thin equals healthy. And, and that's, yes, that's a very, that's a huge identifier of your health is what you look like is like how healthy you, or not healthy you are. Cause yeah, I feel like it went from being just like being thin was just to like be pretty. That was thin was pretty. And then it, the whole like wellness thing came out that was like, oh no, being thin is not only just like attractive. It's also like the only way to be healthy. The only way to take care of yourself. It's the only goal to have. And it's like a, a standard or a, an indicator of like your morals. Yes. Yeah. Like you're a better person and you are like if you're thin. And I think I remember I was thinking about this today because of this podcast. And I was like, I remember being in elementary school and I just was looking at things through the frame of my size. Like I remember this girl was like, I don't know, she told me to go run down to the playground and come back or something. And I was already very aware of the fact that I was like, not a good runner. I was like, I felt like I was fat. And I remember thinking, oh, she wants me to run because she thinks I'm fat. And I'm not sure that's the case, but that's what I thought because I was already in the mindset of just like, I looked different, which it's probably, if I were to look back at photos, probably very negligible. Yeah, you know? honestly, this whole, I mean, I'm so glad we're having this conversation, but this whole conversation breaks my heart so much because hearing your perspective of yourself growing up versus how I saw you, which was like, 
you were a little bit chubbier. Yeah. Like a little bit. You had like a rounder face and like these big brown eyes and you were just like, we were both tall for our Mm -hmm. ages, which is something that people literally pointed out every single second of the day, it felt like. Yeah. Um, and no, and people would be you like, were slightly rounder, like slightly rounder. Yeah. No, I know. I look back at photos and I'm like, what was, like, I remember specifically we were on a trip, I think in middle school and I look back on those photos and I'm like, what was I even thinking? And it's funny because I think that, you know, now thinking about all the, how sort of like your thoughts become your, your actions and stuff like that. Like this one trip we were, it's a long story, but that we were like rock climbing and I just think I assumed I couldn't do it. So I tried it and I couldn't do it. And I was like, it like was like a self-fulfilling prophecy that I was like, I'm not athletic. I'm not, I can't do things because I'm fat. And I just like believed that. And that just like was a cycle for my, a lot of my childhood was just believing. And while I think there is an ounce of truth that I was slightly less athletic than you and Jack, but I don't think I was like, I felt like I was on a different planet in terms of like being whatever. So anyway, growing up, it doesn't even really matter, but I think that there's a lot of people like me who just, it sort of just was like, they don't even remember when it started, but it just started, that they just believed they were fat. And I think that to cope with the being fat, I ate. So that was like a good, you know, nice cycle of things. Yeah, to... Was how you coped with emotions. Yes, how I coped with a lot of emotions. And it was like modeled for us in certain ways and whatever. It just became my thing of like, I didn't deal with, or I didn't want to deal with like, you know, someone being mean at school or whatever. And I would just come home and eat like a bunch of snacks and whatever. So by the time I was in high school, I was going to Weight Watchers and the whole nine and was very aware of what I was eating and how much I was exercising. And while I don't know if I ever technically... I don't know if I ever really had an eating disorder or not, but I definitely was had disordered eating and that continued into college. And I think college almost even like amplified it because you're on your own schedule. There's so much talk about the freshman 15. Like I'm like, dear God, if they like, they should probably drill something else into your brain other than just like, don't go to college and gain weight. Like as if that's the, the worst. worst thing you can do. I'm like, people, how about don't try crack. Right. Like how about <laughs> don't drink six days a week? Like I feel right. like maybe there were some other conversations, which right. You know, how about like eat something green. Right. And like call your mom every once in a while. Like <laughs> I just, to, I, have, I have a butt. Yeah. Class. Yeah. Try, try, try going to class sometimes. No, it's like, that was like such a, relevant and I think I as like a freshman in college was petrified that like I was going to gain at 15 pounds and that was going to be the the, you know ruin my life I remember that you're right everyone talks about the freshman 15 and like senior year of high school like oh I'm going to go away to college and like the idea is like you're just going to lose complete control of yourself and I do think college is definitely you don't have the same structure yeah. and like people who love you paying attention to what's going on with you. Like you're mostly with strangers who don't know what's normal for yeah. you and anything that you're struggling with. I think it definitely can be like, there's avoided. a lot of space for it to grow when yeah. you are on your own Absolutely. for the first time. And it, and I'm like, you know, the, this whole podcast, like I, people I've come around to a lot of ideas for a while. I got very, Whatever. I think everybody should do what they think is best for themselves. But if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I am definitely struggling with the same things, then be sure to stick around towards the end because we're going to talk about the things that we did that helped us or things we suggest doing that helped us get to a better place with our bodies because there was just a lot of years that I wasted thinking that like 
I couldn't do anything because my body and the iron well, talk. I mean, talk about college because I feel like that was a really pivotal time. Yeah. So I, the first like year of college, I was like trying to diet, you know, trying to manage all these new emotions. I had a giant friend breakup. It was a whole, it was like a really messy feeling year. And then sophomore year, I was there the first semester and I was trying to be really fit and whatever. And it, I was, I actually got really into working out in college, but just completely for the wrong reasons of like, just thinking I could like shape my body to the right shape. Um, didn't you run like a 5k? Mm -hmm. I started running a lot, which is hilarious because we've always identified as I, like, we are not runners. We are not runners. At one point I was running we're like terrible seven running. miles. We're, we're awkward runners. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. I know. I, I saw that. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, and I remember this is what I would say is I, I didn't run it straight through. I'm like, I don't think I would walk seven miles right now. <laughs> not really, but like probably. I, I definitely would. That would be a lot. My back would My feet would kill me if I did that. <laughs> anyway, I, yes, I was like running and it was all from this perspective of like, this will make me skinny. And that will like, I remember literally thinking like that will just change everything. And the irony is I've had a boyfriend for like many, many years now that's not my husband. And I think I, a lot of people, I think assume that if you like have someone like love you, that, that, that just gives you the confidence. And I was an example of how that was not the case. Like you can have a bunch of people love you, but until you love yourself, it doesn't make like, obviously it's nice to have someone love you, but it's not, uh, it didn't like automatically, like Max could tell me I was beautiful seven days a week and I would still be like, no, I need to, you know, yeah. go work out more or whatever. Yeah. So it was just a lot of like disordered eating. Like I was never, I never stopped eating entirely and whatever, like it, the details are less important. I tried all kinds of weird diets, like freaking whole 30 and whatever, and like eating no carb and blah, blah, blah. But long story short, I studied abroad in London. And that was, I think, honestly, when I was at my most, I was at one of the thinnest points in my life. I was running a ton. And while, you know, some of that was fun in terms of I like- I still can't believe you ran seven. Yeah, no, like multiple times. I know, what? I went back and looked at my like Nike running app. Yeah, because when you're like powered by that beast in your mind, it is such a different, like, I'm sure I never was like, guess what? I ran seven miles because it was like, I was thinking of it only from like a calorie burning perspective. Yeah. That's like, see, it wasn't see, like would, an account. It wasn't an accomplishment. It was like a, to me, I'm hearing that and being like, you worked up to running yeah. seven. That's like a huge fitness goal. Yeah. Like, and nowadays if I did that, I would be like, guess what? I can run seven miles. Guess or what, what? I did cross. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm like proud of that versus at that point in my life, I was like wearing a heart rate monitor to try to like see how many calories I was burning. And it was all like in this big equation in my mind, literally the amount of time I spent thinking about what I was going to eat, how I was, you know, going to work out the next day, whatever I it's in, I could have been doing something much bigger with my life. But anyway, I end up coming home. I do whole 30 that summer. I decide I'm going to be paleo, blah, 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 go back to college, whatever. And eventually I hit this point of being like, what the F is this for? Like literally what's the point of all of this? And I ended up getting connected with a non-diet dietitian. And was I, when you were president of your sorority, it was right before. Uh. And I think had this not happened, I would have actually combusted. Um, but I started seeing this non-diet dietitian. <laughs> it was right before That's your we wedding. Say. That's what we say for like a full on mental breakdown. Yeah. Like <laughs> full mental breakdown combustion. I'm going to combust. Literally. Um, and I, I really think I would have based on like all of that stress at once, but cause you also were getting, you got married that spring, my like junior year, 2016. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, it was just, I started Dr. Daisy. Yes. Yeah. I started seeing Dr. Daisy, which if you guys are 
local. Well, actually, even if you're not, I think she t takes virtual clients. Um, it's just, her name's Dr. Daisy. If you Google it, Dr. Daisy, like nutrition, she is a really great non-diet dietitian. And I started seeing her and she taught me the basis. And while I was seeing her, I got kind of fascinated by this whole idea of intuitive eating. And I read the book and I did a ton of like I started following people and started doing a lot of things we'll talk about in a little bit of what brought me out of this whole thing. And it took years. It did take a lot of time for me to come to a place of being like, oh no, like I actually love my body now. I'm not just like okay with it. You know, I've, I've gone from complete hatred to like okay with it or, you know, neutral about it to like most days actually really liking my body and not even feeling like there needs it doesn't need to change at all. And of course that is a spectrum that changes often, but, um, I started seeing her and she was amazing. I saw her for a couple of years, like, you know, yeah, a couple of years and I was graduate, I had graduated college and all that stuff. And then, um, and while this time it's like, it just takes time to kind of learn how to eat with your hunger cues and learn how to like stop. I, I had gotten to a point where I was binge eating a lot. So I would like not eat a lot during the day and then eat huge quantities of food at the end of the day. And that is a quick- Because you were hungry? Because I was hungry. That is so weird. And also numbing my emotions. It was a good combo of things. But like, that is a good way to feel like crap every day. Like you, you're, because not only do you feel crap about yourself, but your body actually feels like crap. Like nobody's body runs well off of like one gigantic meal per day. Like nobody's, that's not how this works. And I just felt like crap a lot. Which um, I'm sure only feeds this feeling of, restriction. I have to like yeah. better control myself yes. or something. Yes, that it all, it's all like of I this can't perfect. just trust myself. I can't mm -hmm. just do what. I heard it related to, it was like as if you're trying to uh, control how many times you pee per day and how much, how, like what times, how much, like, it's like that bizarre of a concept, but like, that's what dieting tries to make you think is that if you just like follow this perfect plan that you'll have like the perfect outcome and it's actually, everyone's has, body is just too different. And yeah. yeah. And you're not even supposed to have that much. You have no idea what's going on right necessarily within your body and like if that thing you did yesterday is making you a lot more hungry today and it's this amazing concept that dieting has you, given us how you slept and that like what you eat and how you exercise is the only indicator of what your body looks like but then you get pregnant and they're like no you literally can just like take a vitamin that's it that's all you got to do like you, there's literally nothing but your your body can literally grow an entire human with very little intervention from your, you but, yeah. but to try to like be healthy, you have to like moderate every single thing and manage track everything, every single track thing, close it. every loop on every yeah. Apple watch. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing how those two things can be true at the same time. It is. It was very interesting when I actually got pregnant and it took us a, a, a few months. We were very fortunate. It didn't take a, like a long time. It wasn't a like really hard situation, but it was a little more challenging than I expected. And then you go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you're pregnant. And you're like, okay, great. And they're like, yep. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Like, yeah. Take your prenatal. Whereas like drink, this, drink some water. And there are like, I was like, so that I like, I, I don't do anything. Like, you know, just think of like, there's like a, I think the diet industry is like an $80 billion industry of like how to tell you how to hate yourself enough that you restrict yourself enough into a healthy body. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's like, just so feels like it's the backwards way. But I spent years and that's- when yeah, like I, your body cannot be trusted. No. But like, 
you don't actually have to do anything if you want to have a baby, but like right. just a normal day to day. Right. Have you ever like your body is your enemy? Right. Like if your bump is sticking out more or less one day, you're not like mad at your body. You're not like, oh my God, I'm doing it wrong. I clearly am like doing this pregnancy, this, this baby well, growing I incorrectly. I think some people actually, unfortunately they do really like, they keep track of their weight every week and they're like comparing themselves to these graphs of you know, like exactly what nutrients and exactly what vitamins. And so I think there is a way to be very, um, I don't know, can I say neurotic about it? Obsessive. But um, they, at least my experience has been like, your doctor or midwife is not the one telling you that. That's because you read a book that was like, in order to have like the optimal... Right. Pregnancy and be able to lose the weight as quickly as possible well, I, after you're pregnant. I was going to say, I feel like a lot of that comes out from people's unhealed issues with their own bodies from before they were pregnant. Like the, uh, the obsession with how much you're gaining is thinking about how much you'll have to lose. And I've never been pregnant, so I don't know that feeling. Which is hilarious because no one comes and arrests you. Yes, if you if you, <laughs> you didn't lose right. what you gained when and you were weirdly, pregnant, and weirdly your baby will still like you even if you're fat after I having think, a baby. I think they prefer you a little, <laughs> right? They're like, I think need you a little bit squishy. Um, but no. So anyway, I I finally dealt with a lot of my issues. My doctor Daisy recommended a therapist. I started going to her, and that was honestly like the last sort of big puzzle piece for me was figuring out my anxiety behind all of this sort of like control slash like yeah mostly control but like and and not just emotions you didn't actually have correct me if i'm wrong my understanding is this wasn't about food no as it turns out it wasn't that i was just like addicted to food or like i used to think i was just like uncontrollable around sweets now you'd be you come into my house if there's not like 17 boxes of cookies and like candy everywhere and i literally don't eat Carla has the best snacks. They have this yeah. pantry. You walk in their door and you can go like directly into the pantry. <laughs> it's like right there. And she has these jars of like candy and cookies and chips and like all this awesome stuff. It's a joke that whenever anyone comes over. Yeah. Everyone goes straight into my we pantry. Go, we walk right into the pantry and grab a handful of like right, whatever. Because it's like fun. But I, and this is becoming a whole podcast about intuitive eating, but I, for myself, find that having the most, like having variety and options and lots of my favorite foods around takes the power away from them. Like I don't feel like I go to a party and see a brownie and I'm like, oh, I haven't had a brownie in six months, which is like literally, literal, actual, realistic thoughts I had. And I remember going to parties and just feeling like I could not stop eating it. And I thought it was me having an issue with food. I thought there was like a chemical imbalance in terms of my brain with food. Turns out, no, no, I was just really, I had a lot of like internalized emotion that I hadn't dealt with and anxiety and just like things that I wasn't managing well enough on my own. And so I started seeing a therapist and it like, that was like the last piece that felt like the top of the mountain for me of like, once I got a lot of that sorted out, then it was such a easy decline into like eating in like real balance easily, like not having to try very hard to do any of it of you know, wanting to have movement in my life and finding that to be a more, being more consistent with that in a less stressful way and learning to like my body the way it was. And it didn't, and learning how to differentiate, like just being anxious about something and realizing it wasn't, didn't actually have anything to do with my body. Like if someone said like, you know, they didn't like me or something, 
It wasn't because they just thought I was fat. You know, like it was an amazing thing to finally kind of separate that like I have relationships with people that are not actually based on my body. Like they actually don't care what my body looks like. Because um, but that was the lens that you saw everything yeah, through. For a long, long, long time. And there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of that thought process. Like there's a lot of people who get a lot out of you really hating your body. And I was, I gave them a lot of my own money and a lot of, you know, my time. So it's like completely changed my whole life to work on actually figuring out how to like myself. But in this podcast, we're mostly going to talk about things that we did from the point of, you know, after dealing with like my, you know, sort of the stuff with food and then the stuff with my mental health and whatever. And if you guys yeah. want, we can do a whole podcast on our like experiences in therapy and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah. We'd love to talk about therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but I like have in the last couple years really like, I feel like my love for myself has like blossomed so much. I feel like I kind of, I understand how other people say they, they love me or think I'm beautiful. Like I actually get that now instead of being like, I literally feel like I used to think like, I don't really know what they're talking about. Or like, they're just saying that because they have to, which like, that's not really true. But you know, like, that's like what it felt like of like, you know. Yeah, it just, you literally like glow now. And I think part of that is because you value yourself so much and you do put like a little effort into. Yeah, like, I have fun you, taking like, care of myself. Yeah, you take care of yourself. Yeah. You like do your hair sometimes. You like mm-hmm. do your nails. You you take it, those are superficial things, but, but they're not also because well, at I some mean, level, I mean, I feel like they're more on the superficial end of the spectrum, yeah. but I think you also like, you prioritize like going for walks and seeing friends. Like there's a lot yeah. of things that you do for yourself because you're in tune with yourself now and you know what makes you happy and feel good. And that just radiates. Well, thank you. But yeah, I feel like I used to think some things were vain and then I started doing them and I was like, maybe the putting on mascara to make your eyelashes darker and longer is a vain concept, but taking the time to do that is not a vain act. Like that's a daily act of self-care that you can't, like you can do that in a million different ways. Like whatever that looks like to you is fine. Whether it's putting on a cute workout set to work from home in or whether that's putting on a freaking really super cute high fashion trendy outfit like whatever it doesn't really matter what it is it just is the concept of like taking that time for yourself every day um so yeah I totally have a different perspective on on that feeling and but yeah I'll let you talk a little bit about how you have well found your own personal body confidence yeah I mean I really feel like my biggest um challenges with my body have come through pregnancy and postpartum. It taught me a lot because I had a very different experience than Carla growing up. I was never like, oh my gosh, I am the most gorgeous, <laughs> fit, like I look incredible. All the time. I never felt that way at all. I always definitely had insecurities where I felt like I should be thinner or I should be more fit or I should be whatever. But I didn't hate my body. And I also didn't ever fall into the trap of feeling like I needed to super control it. I remember at one point in high school, um, definitely like dipping my toe into the like, well, like keeping track of how much I Mm. ate and that whole thing. And it... You're like, eh, not for me. Well, interestingly... (laughs) 
I remember basically being like, if I like pay attention to what I eat and really make a conscious effort to like eat healthy and work out more, I, I remember I'll, like losing three or four pounds. And then if I pay no attention, I'll like gain those three or four pounds. And kind of like that's the like threshold my body. So, like right. it didn't feel like for the mental energy it required. It was like this doesn't this doesn't really seem to like work for me. And it turns out when I don't really pay attention, it, it's not like I gained 40 pounds or something. Right. I'm just kind of like my body just kind of like is what it is. And I do feel like one awesome thing that my mom our mom did was she was really great at helping us like find clothes that flattered our shapes mm -hmm. and colors that looked good on us and that kind of thing. So even if there was like an area of like, you know, my like hips and thighs and whatever, mm -hmm. I, I felt pretty comfortable dressing in a way that like, I felt pretty good. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good, like, no. I was just kind of like neutral maybe is a good mm -hmm. way to put it. Well, and I feel like, I mean, it, you, your body wasn't so far from like you were taller, maybe yes. whatever it was it, more similar to what people around you had, which I think I could shop at the same stores. Yeah, that I makes, could wear the same jeans. I could, yeah. Yeah, right. Ever. And you also, I feel like, didn't use food to cope with emotions. Like, you chose other outlets. You know, like, you had other... Screaming. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had different ways. <laughs> Screaming was my Hershey's kiss. <laughs> you, were, you were more of an anger person. I was more of a eat my feelings kind of lady. Yeah, 100%. I mean, truly, that was actually how we, like, we differentiated that. But, I mean, that, yeah. that helps because you... And not that that was... It had other negative connotations than oh, eating. for sure. <laughs> but it wasn't... We'll get, we'll get to the therapy. Right, right, right. But it wasn't... Uh, it was... We were just... We just handled yes. our emotions in different ways. Yes. And I was like... I felt athletic enough to, like, play on sports teams and not feel like the absolute, like, just... I'm just embarrassing myself or, like, whatever. So I, I feel like I had it definitely easier in that regard. Um... So but then getting, yeah. So like I think I was kind of saying earlier is getting pregnant, I, there's so much excitement over your growing belly. Like your belly is supposed to grow. You're supposed to get bigger. And interestingly for both pregnancies, I, so I'm, you know, over halfway now with this one. The first one, I hardly gained anything in the beginning, like the, for the first half. And then all the weight that I gained was in, the second half, which is just interesting because even like I have like an app that like shows that, you know, what fruit the baby is this week or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they talk about weight on that with like mm -hmm. each week, like this is how much you should be gaining, which I think is so I'm like, how do you know? Right. How do you don't know like what my body is and what right. just that's so there's like, a arbitrary. lot of, yeah. Anyway, um, so I ended up gaining like a, a normal amount of weight, but most of it right at the very end, basically. Right. I literally could not, I, I could not stop eating. I was so hungry <laughs> at the end. And I am not like one to tell myself no, because I'm like, if I'm really hungry, I'm yeah, really hungry. You don't like, restrict yourself, which means that you also don't generally binge either. Like, I think that's the thing. No, I hate the feeling of being super super full it makes me it like ruins the meal for me right so but you also you make sure you don't do that by not not letting yourself eat for hours or days or whatever it is yeah 
So anyway, I gained like what I believe is considered a normal amount. I'm not honestly sure because I don't really care. But after having the baby, I just, it's funny. You have, you have this pregnancy weight that, but you're not actually pregnant. And a lot of people tell you a lot of things that I just internalized and I didn't even realize I had. Like, if you breastfeed, the weight will just fall off. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> not for everyone. Not for everyone. Maybe. <laughs> right. Maybe for you, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Um, and yeah, that is just really important to eat really healthy after you have a baby. And just this idea of like six weeks postpartum, you're cleared to work out again. I think that can also be kind of arbitrary. Like, right. I was, I had some like minor complications after childbirth and I did not feel great six weeks out. And I, I don't know, there's just a lot of things that you internalize that I didn't even realize. And there just came a point where I expected my body to be back to what it was before. And it wasn't. Yeah. And that's when I started to get frustrated because I had been wearing, you know, like my maternity clothes, And I made a mistake my first pregnancy with really not investing in things that I felt great in while I was pregnant because it was COVID and it was the summer. So I just wore like tank tops and shorts and, you know, like bike shorts or dresses or whatever. But at the point that I was starting to get frustrated, like I'd been wearing that stuff for a long time and I really didn't like any of it. It didn't make me feel good. And it was winter. (laughs) Right. It was winter. So I didn't even have the right season of stuff, but I didn't really... I was under this notion that like it's wasteful to buy stuff in the size you're currently at, which in the size we'll you get are <laughs> if you since you know the Yo. weight should be just coming off. I right. should be getting back into my old jeans. And yeah, it's amazing how just Instagram and things like that where you see someone have a baby and like 4 days later they're in their little jeans and it's actually hilarious because I'm a photographer and I know how much like angles and everything play into that. Like right. you, I can make someone look 40 pounds thinner just by posing them correctly. But as the like vulnerable new mom looking at it being like, wait, how is she already wearing like her cute clothes again? Right. Cause it wasn't like I hate, I didn't feel like there was something necessarily wrong with my body. I just wanted to feel like myself again Yeah. and not weak and heavy and lethargic and right. a lot of the things that come with having a new baby right. and postpartum depression. <laughs> right. Right. That's the whole other layer to the whole thing was yeah. that you were feeling very out of sorts otherwise. Yeah. But it is, it is funny because the thing is the people that get back into their postpartum or prepartum, is that the word? Prepartum? Yeah, I guess. Their, their pre-baby genes. It's not like they did anything special to get there. At least that's from my perspective. It's like the people, like the people that happen to have the bodies that they have their baby and two weeks later they're back in their regular jeans. It's not like they were running five miles a day or something. It's not I like- I hope not. Can you imagine your hoo-ha? <laughs> right. But I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they even want- no, I remember seeing a girl I followed online who somebody- was co- people were commenting on like the fact that she was already back in her jeans and she was like I'm not wearing my jeans to try to like make you mad like I she's like I don't know why yes. th- my body did this but it did and I'm not like she was kind of like stop stop caring about it it doesn't yes. matter she's yeah. like and like if I had had to buy bigger jeans I would have bought bigger jeans it's yes. not that big of a deal and this I was like a, this isn't like a moral statement of how great of a person she I was am. like I'm not trying to like win an award for getting back into my and I'm like that is what people act like it is it's like yeah. an award you get special prize for being the new mom that can wear their old jeans. And I'm yep. like, what? So you saved 50 bucks? Like, good job. Claps for... I mean, it's just so funny that, like, it means so much. But yeah, it is like a... 
I and think. like if you are stressing about that in addition to everything that you are learning that's brand new about being a mom, having a baby, if you're trying to breastfeed, there's just so much you're learning all at once to also be stressed about losing weight is just like above and beyond unnecessary. When you're not but, even sleeping enough. Yeah, or- you're not sleeping, but it is just, I just realized how many expectations I had for myself that I had never even consciously realized. So right before we went on a trip, I <laughs> was like, I have nothing to pack. I hate all my clothes. I feel like crap just physically because I still just feel like weak and not my like normal flexible I, I just don't feel like myself and I hate my clothes and Carla was like let's go shopping yeah <laughs> so we went to Target I left the baby with Pat I was like I'm gonna be gone <laughs> you know and we went to Target for like two hours before yep. they closed yep. and picked out all this new stuff it was less than three hundred dollars it was insane I got multiple bathing suits. I got dresses. I got a strapless bra that I really needed to fit my breastfeeding chest, which meant I could wear a lot of other cute things that were in my closet, dresses that I liked, but I didn't have the right undergarments. Like just a big deal. Nursing bra looks super cute under like a spaghetti (laughs) dress. Um, And it just changed everything for me because I was like, okay, that was nowhere near the investment. There was nowhere near as time consuming Mm -hmm. and it just really showed like I like to be a minimalist but it didn't even occur to me like you don't actually need that much Mm -mm. to have some outfits you feel great in that you are then prepared to like do fun things in take advantage of opportunities not like I would have stayed home because I didn't have a cute outfit but like it takes the fun out of it though if if something's digging into your waist, mm-hmm. like you are not going to be in a great mood. You can't focus on being present if you're not wearing clothes that you can forget about. Yeah. Like you want to be wearing an outfit that you're not focused on the outfit. Yes. Like it's so ironic that like putting on a cute outfit is so you forget about the outfit so that you focus on the people you're actually with because that's like the point of life and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Right. Uh, I feel like no one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so. I feel like that was very long-winded, but it was kind of this weird winding self-discovery journey. And then Carla just showing me like, it's actually like not, it's not that big a deal to get some stuff that you feel great in and the impact it has is so huge. Right. And if you don't, it doesn't, it's like, it can be kind of temporary. Yeah. It doesn't have to be stuff that you're like, I'm going to wear this for the next 10 years. It's like, you can just get stuff for the next couple months and then reassess. Well, and so what's interesting is I, you know, I was breastfeeding and whatever. And since this whole experience, I've actually talked to a lot of other women who are like, oh no, I never like slimmed back down from the baby weight until after I was done with breastfeeding. So if you breastfeed for a year or, or what, what, for whatever reason, right. it's unrealistic to expect that your body is just going to like And you gave yourself drop a whole all the two weight. days after you stopped breastfeeding before well, that's you the whole thing. the next one. <laughs> so I stopped breastfeeding and then the next day found out I was pregnant again. <laughs> so like I haven't worn my pre, pre-baby jeans since before I had John John. Yeah, like is- before I got pregnant with him at the beginning of 2020. Yeah. And you know what? Like maybe at some point they'll fit again. Maybe they won't. Maybe you'll donate them. And maybe I will just get some other jeans that fit. But it doesn't. 
It doesn't say anything about me. Who you are as a person or a mother or whatever. Yes. Yes. It is. It is. There's a completely different perspective of wanting to be um, active or, or, you know, feel good in your body in terms of like, you know, eating a vegetable every once in a while. And then there is like the obsession with being your old self and like fitting into your old clothes. And oh yeah. People that are like, well, in high school. Right. Really? As a 16 year old, you're expecting your 50 year old body to be right. what it was when you were 16. Yeah. That's a, a good way to be disappointed your whole life yeah. in yourself. And I think that's the differentiator that I had to kind of get to is that there's a lot of people who say like getting people who act like who getting into their old genes is in the pursuit of health. And I think that there is a element that is like, yeah, everyone wants to feel good. And if at one point you felt a little better because you were a little bit at that point in your life, you were more active, more flexible, drinking more water, whatever, doing those things that are good for you, then it's okay to want maybe some of that lifestyle back. But the arbitrary fit into the genes thing or yeah. the arbitrary weigh a certain amount of, I mean, if you can't tell, we both don't weigh each other, weigh ourselves. We don't weigh each other. No. We definitely don't weigh ourselves. <laughs> um, and I'm like, it the I always wonder when people are like I want to lose 20 pounds I'm like why not 22 why not 18 what's the like uh -huh. what's the difference like if you but what you mean by that is I want to be active like I was six months ago or whatever that's a different story that's an attainable thing to do you can work back up to a level of activity or whatever you can't necessarily definitely control that you're going to weigh a certain amount or be able to maintain that weight exactly maybe living the life you want to live so it just seems like there's a there's a little bit of a disconnect in the whole like wellness it's industry. It's a huge disconnect. Yeah. A huge disconnect. And it really showed me like what is what is the significance yeah. of that one pair of jeans? Like also they're already out of style. So just <laughs> they're already chuggy. <laughs> they're chuggy. So just get some new jeans. Right. I know. And yeah. Yeah, but life. it is, but it is you, I think, um, social media in particular has made it this thing where like it's visual and, yeah. and that's the thing that matters the most, but people have almost started to like hide it behind the pursuit of health. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily wrong. Like to do that in a healthy way for you, but you just what what a way to just be disappointed your whole life if like this arbitrary thing you never can get to. I mean, think of how many women we know in our personal lives that are in their fifties and sixties still talking about their body in their twenties. I'm like, yeah. it's forty years ago. Live your like, move on. Like it's like right. we're gonna just spend our whole lives hating what we look like. The idea of like I can't really be happy and love myself until mm -hmm. I hit this weight or fit into these jeans or whatever. And it's like, your life is just passing you by. That's such a waste of time. Like such a waste of your energy to just be thinking about the ways to hate yourself instead of the ways to like it. And such a waste of your inherent beauty as you yes, are. right. That's the thing is by focusing on that, you are completely missing the wonderful gift of like your body and your health now. So I'll just say my biggest challenge with just having a different body, because for most of my like young adult life, I was pretty much, you know, within like 10 pounds, my body just didn't fluctuate much. I don't know. I think it's just, that's how my body is <laughs> it, or it's genetic or it's just, I don't know. It's just the way it is. Yes. It's not didn't some, do anything special. <laughs> I am not some, some amazing, like it's just how it worked. So Part of what was really struggling was figuring out how to dress a body that is a different shape, a different size, 
and find things that were flattering. And I had a lot of trouble shopping online because I had no idea what size I even was. And I had some really frustrating situations where I order a bunch of things, a few sizes up from what I was before, but those were too tight. And then just being like, yeah, just a, a big effort to like return them and reorder. And so Carla, please <laughs> tell us <laughs> All right. how to do this in an easier so, way. So we're going to go through a couple tips we have for how to build up your own confidence. These are kind of things that you can do today. Well, we do really recommend, you know, going the real therapy route of this because I think if you're really struggling with it, that is the best way to actually handle it. But if you want to get started on trying to become more confident in just your normal day-to-day, um, these are things I would recommend. So the first thing is to buy and wear clothes that fit you at the current size you are. It doesn't have to be a bunch of stuff. It doesn't have to be fancy stuff. It can just be a couple things in this season. So, you know, we're going into spring right now. Like you need a couple things you can wear if you're invited to go do something. So if someone says, we're gonna go out to dinner, you need an outfit that you can wear that you feel good in. This, I swear to goodness, this will make the biggest difference in yep. how you feel. Like it will change your life. You don't, it doesn't matter if you rewear the outfit 16 times, you will be so happy you have an outfit to wear for something like that. Now, yeah, being pregnant now, I'm of course actually like implementing these things. Yeah. And I, especially with pregnancy, I like to wear things that I liked to wear before I was pregnant because I just feel my most myself in them. Yeah. So I have two pairs of maternity jeans like that fit great jeans. Yep. One's dark, one's like medium. I have some sweaters mm -hmm. that are like longer length. So they accommodate my belly growing and I have some t-shirts and I have a couple like things I can work out in. Mm -hmm. I, I do not have a huge maternity wardrobe at all, but I have something to wear for yes. every situation. Yeah, for like every situation. So I... Pajamas that fit. Yeah, that's helpful if you're like going to be on vacation or something. You need a pair of pajamas or like a pair of loungewear or something. Um, I would say for a, for someone who's in like a you know normal phase of life, not pregnant, I would say a good t-shirt that you feel good in. You can just go to Target, try on some t-shirts um, or Old Navy or something. A pair of jeans or a pair of shorts or depending on the season, probably a pair of jeans any season. Um, a dress of some kind or a skirt maybe or whatever you like are comfortable with or maybe a pair of you know kind of fun pants or something that's like mm -hmm. a you know come like a like wide leg yeah or, or yeah. something like jogger cute or something like that and then a pair of shoes that fit like if your feet have changed I mean if you you haven't invested yeah. in footwear in a while go ahead and get yourself a pair of like little sneakers or something that you can wear with a lot of different outfits um and the, the last big thing is undergarments. If you do not have undergarments that fit right now, if your underwear are all poking you, if your bra wire is sticking out, if you're, you know, you know your boobs have gotten bigger, go to somewhere. I recommend going to Nordstrom's if you can to get fitted. But if it's just like maybe you're feeling like a little bit of a temporary thing, go to Target, go to Old Navy, something like that, Torrid maybe, and get a bra that fits you because that will make a really big difference under the clothes you already have fitting better. That'll make you feel a lot more comfortable and confident if you feel like that actually fits your body well. Um, I recommend stores like Old Navy, Target. Um, I mean, you can go like nicer brands like Madewell or J. Crew or something like that that carry also carry plus sizes. But I feel like both Old Navy, Old Navy is a very good in-store selection of things like in all sizes so it's a great place to start if you want just a couple things and it's very affordable um they have i really like their jeans 
Um, but Target is also true that has a plus size selection, but also just a pretty extensive, a lot of variety of yeah. things. Um, and just get a couple things to get yourself started so that you feel good. And you can also, if you get a t-shirt and then you, you know, you have some jewelry or something, you can like mix and match things you already have in your wardrobe, but, um, just like have those base pieces good, ready to go, fit well, feel yeah. good in. Yeah. You can probably get all of that for like under $150 mm-hmm. and you probably have some of it that already works. So, um, that is the biggest, honestly, after like therapy, that is the biggest thing I did was start finding clothes that I liked. I mean, the first thing is to get clothes that fit. The second thing is to get clothes you actually like. Um, So you find things that you actually think are cute and you like the pattern and you like the fit of and you start to figure out what looks good on you. Flattering your shape, for sure. What fits your shape well, what colors you like to see yourself in, stuff like that. That's sort of like, that's part one, or that's part two. One B. That's one B. (laughs) Um, But the main thing is, is being able to feel comfortable, confident, putting putting on an outfit when you want to go do something with people so that you can actually enjoy the company of the people you're around and not be thinking about what you look like. Also, it is not a crime to repeat an outfit. No. You can not. wear the same dress to two different weddings. Yes. If you feel good in it, no one will be like, did you already wear that dress? They'll be like, wow, you look great. They'll be you like, look you look great. amazing. Yep. You're and radiant. You can wear different shoes and put your hair up the second time. But like, yeah. if you look, a pretty dress is a pretty dress. Yep. Or what, or what, that's our mom's <laughs> motto. But if you, there is no crime in repeating an outfit. So don't feel like you need to have 17 options for going out to dinner with girlfriends. No. And it, yeah, it can, it can be as simple as, you know, a, a new, like getting a cardigan or, or a coat or something that if you don't have one that fits. Like a dressier top. Yeah. yeah whatever. Um, so that's the main first thing. And then the second tip is your tip. Oh, well, so... I think this particularly applies to like maternity postpartum, but for anyone who's going through a body change that feels like it's potentially kind of temporary or you're just, you're not sure exactly how long we're going to, we're not sure how long we're going to be here. Yeah. I highly recommend putting everything that fits you and feels great right now in one place. So put it all in one drawer, put it all in one section at the very front of your closet where you're going to see it because it is not the kindest thing to yourself. Every time you open your drawer or your closet, you're rifling through all these things that you're like, doesn't fit, doesn't fit, doesn't fit, doesn't fit, doesn't fit to find what does fit. Logistically, it's just super annoying. And like emotionally, it's telling you that it can just put you in not the best mental headspace. You don't need to do that to yourself daily. You know, you can, you can just, and I would say, even if you are just in a phase of, because there's been lots of times in my life where I've just gained weight and got grown out of things that I did really like, you don't necessarily have to get rid of them. Push Mm -hmm. them to the back of your closet, pull the things that do fit right now to the middle section of your closet so that you can like look into your closet or your drawer or whatever, and just see the stuff that Mm -hmm. fits right now. And Then if you would like to try those things on again one day, like if you, you know, you feel like maybe your body's changed or something, or you're just curious if something fits, 
You can do that on a day when you've woken up and you've had a good morning and you're in a good mood and you're like, oh, I feel good to try on that dress that was too snug a couple weeks ago, not on like a random Tuesday morning when you're already in a rush. In a rush to go somewhere yeah. and feeling like, oh, everyone's going to look cute and I'm going to look whatever, you know, yeah. No, you do it on your best mental health day. Like a Sunday when and you it have is, some time. It is purely informational. Yes, it is just like a, let it me do, see if this fits. It does oh, not does say. It? No worries. It doesn't say anything about you. It's just, is this an option right now? Nope, it's not. Okay, back, back of the closet. Yep. And I'm just going to keep what fits me right now front and center. Yep. And like I said, this stuff, it's like, it doesn't have to be fancy stuff, but it could be, it could be stuff that you're like, I love this top. I'm going to get it and I'm going to wear it to six different events. That's fine too. But just having things that fit and work front of mind where you can see them, um, so that it's just simple to get dressed in the morning. Yeah. Makes a big difference. Okay. The next thing I recommend is what I consider connecting with your body. This is something that I didn't really understand for a long time until I started doing it. And then I realized how beneficial it was. It's there's a theory behind this. And I don't know the science behind it, but that, um, especially with dieting, you can get very disconnected from your body. You can like, and I imagine sort of similarly to like having a baby, there can be kind of a disconnect of like being like, I don't feel like I look like this or, you know, you just kind of feel all out of sorts. <laughs> Things are working differently yeah. than they used to. Right. So the concept is to do intentional things to connect with your body. One of the things that's really good to do this, but I take this with, you know, gently is exercise because while you are, this is something that my dietitian taught me is that while you're exercising, you're kind of constantly asking your body like, Oh, how are you doing? Like, you know, you're like on the treadmill or something and your body's like, Oh, we're getting tired. Oh no, we have a little more energy. We can run a little faster. We can walk a little faster. You know, you're constantly checking in with your body and that's a really good thing to get into the habit of one, just for eating and whatever, but also just cause you're better able to take care of your body when you like know what it wants and needs and how it's feeling. And so kind of that like mind body connection is something you can work on. Other really simple ways of doing this is like lotioning your body. I don't know why, but I have found this to be true with people. People that are maybe in a phase of really disliking their body or not feeling good about their body often can forget to do those kind of like basic, just like nice things to do for your body. Like, no, they're not essential. It's not gonna like, you know, it's not the end of the world if you don't put lotion on or something, but it's like a nice thing to do. It makes you feel good, you know? It's like take care, taking care of yourself. So. Doing things like putting lotion on, getting your hair cut if you haven't in a while, going to get your nails done or doing your nails yourself or, you know, even just like, you get know, a, filing your finger. Yeah, going to get a massage or taking a bath. Some of these things sound silly. Pluck your eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> like the little self-care things. Yeah, just like, like those things that make, like replace your mascara. It's, it's old, okay? You got to replace that stuff after a couple months. Um, take like extra care, like flossing and brushing your teeth and... Yes. Like lip balm and yeah. Yeah. Those, all those little things kind of help you like feel like you and your body are on like the same wavelength. Like you're, you're the same team. You're like working for the same goal and it just can really help to make yourself feel a little bit more like just aligned. And I feel like that has helped me feel more confident Like when it feels like I'm really taking care of myself and I'm like giving my body what it needs when it needs it, it it's just a nice feeling. It just, it makes you feel that much more like stand up a little straighter, feel a little bit better. Yep. Um, it kind of goes along with my fourth idea, which is to focus on the things you do like about yourself. 
So if you are just in the midst of having a real hard time with your body, try thinking about the things that are your favorite things. So one of the things I would think about is like my hair. I really, I feel like I have decent hair and I've always liked my hair. You have great hair. Thank you. I, I, I think we have the same hair. So I think you have great hair too. <laughs> <laughs> Our hair is very similar. Um, it also because we get dyed from the same lady. So it's a very similar color. Yeah. Um, but I would like spend a little more time doing my hair. And you know, even through all those years of dieting when I would hate my body, I actually always took better care of my hair because I think it was a thing that I felt good about. And when yeah. you feel good about something, you take care of it. It's yep. a wild concept to the diet industry that yep. tells you if you hate yourself enough, you'll take care of yourself. But it's mm. actually if you Turns love out. yourself enough, you'll take care of it. So think about something that maybe you like love having great nails or something, or maybe you, you know, like looking tan. So you like to self tan or whatever, or, you know, you're into skincare for your face and you get lots of fun products and do face masks and whatever, whatever it is for you. Taking like almost daily time to focus on that thing is important. And even if you are looking in the mirror and you're like, oh, I hate this and this and this and this and this, you can try to pinpoint at least one thing a day that you're like, but I like that. And you know what? You can start building up to a couple things you like and whatever, but start with at least one. The other thing is even outside of that, if you have been dieting for a long time or if you've been spending a lot of your time despising your body, try a hobby. <laughs> try a new hobby. A new hobby. Yes. I try think learning to do something. Focus, like, you know how I was saying about exercise that, you know, that time I was running seven miles, I wasn't even proud of myself. Like, find something you can actually be proud of, whether it's watercolor painting or embroidering or... Uh, fix up a room in your house. Yeah, painting furniture or something. Do something so that you have, like, it's like the thing you talk about. It's outside your job. It's something that it, like, means something to you and yep. it matters and you can be proud of it. Plant some flowers. And yeah, grow some seeds. In a pot. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be anything. Cook something. Try cooking a new recipe or something. Even like you could make a hobby out of trying all the coffee shops in your area or something like that. Like you could get into making fancy coffee drinks at home. Whatever the thing is, it doesn't matter. The point is to get on YouTube and learn how to do it and figure it out and focus a little bit of your time every day on that because it will get you one off your phone, which is a good thing in general for all of our mental health. But two, it will be like the thing that will be an identifier about you that isn't, doesn't have anything to do with your body. It is just something that you're, you're good at in your own mind. And I think it's good if it's not your job also, because that's easy to get wrapped up in as your only identifier. So, um, one of the, some of the things I started doing were, um, even in, like before I started a business doing this, I was like making videos of our weekends and editing them together and learning how to edit things. And at one point I was, I had learned to embroider. At one point I was into sourdough bread. I'm a hobby girl. I've had a lot of hobbies, but it's fun. COVID really uh, exacerbated that. It really did. Yeah. But it is, it's fun to like work on making sourdough bread and then it work and you finally get it to like work right. And you're like, wow, that's so cool. That's such a fun thing to do. And it, it can almost like give you that accomplishment that a lot of people get from losing five pounds, like that feeling of like, I really did something, but it's actually in like a healthy way and not in like a thing that even if you lose five pounds, like it could go away tomorrow. You know, you could gain five pounds tomorrow or whatever. It's like a real tangible thing to like put your, put your hands around. Um, and then the last thing I have, which this was another really helpful thing 
it's sort of a two-parter. Um, it's to clean out your social space. So I mean, in real life, to people that are that are bringing you down, people that are always talking about their bodies, people who are feeling, who whose insecurities are bleeding into yours. Maybe the only thing they can talk about is how much they worked out. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try limiting your time with them. You know, obviously, not, I don't think you should cut people out, but if you can either change the subject or you know maybe take take a little time off from them because you need to work on dealing with your own stuff. Uh, then do that because it's really helpful. But also, if you have followed a bunch of people on Instagram that post their workouts every single day and post their super cauliflower pizzas and their, you know what I mean? You know the stuff. Like, go ahead and unfollow them or mute them for a while because not having that constant input of somebody telling you what you should be doing uh, is really helpful to just avoid that. Like, you can just try to look internally at what you feel like you should do and not externally. Yeah. That's why I follow like no mommy yeah. accounts because like, I don't, I wasn't even asking and you're putting stuff in my head that I right. don't need to. It's the same concept. Yeah. Of like if the thing that you're feeling insecure about or, or could potentially feel insecure about, if you're seeing a bunch of people talk about the best, most amazing way to do it, you can't, it'd be very hard to not, think that you should do it the way they're doing it. Like, especially when they put the spin on it of it's like just the most amazing breakfast or whatever it is. Like it's yep. hard to take that away. So I would very much recommend, I unfollowed all those people. I also stopped listening to any podcasts that talk about workouts. I, to this day, I have, if I see something in the title, I just won't listen to that podcast at all because I still feel like I'm vulnerable to hearing someone talk for 50 minutes about um, the diet plan they're on. I can't really separate that in my mind. Like it's too hard to hear that and not let it seep into what I do every day. And I don't want that random person on the internet telling me what I should eat for my you know breakfast smoothie or whatever. Like I want to choose that for what I know about my own body, which is what we should all be doing. Um, the other thing though is to follow people that have bodies like you. And you know, you can... It depends on when you want to do this, but I have found that was super helpful for me to see other people's bodies that look like mine. And honestly, this sounds bad, but when I first started seeing it, it was kind of jarring. Like I would see girls and I like women and I would be like, they didn't, you know, they don't look like the normal fashion blogger or whatever, the really super thin high fashion blogger. And it was almost like I noticed myself be like almost surprised or something when I'd see a photo of someone with like a lot of rolls or something come up. And now a couple years later, it is like, so I feel like the opposite. Like if I see someone super thin on my page, I'm like, who's that? Like, I don't know. How'd she get in here? Seriously. Because <laughs> I love following people because it's not that beneficial for me to follow unless there's something else they share. But it's, it's like a fashion account for them to show me clothes that they can only buy, they only go to a size eight. Like there's literally no point in me seeing that. Like I'm not gonna, I can't buy the clothes. Like I don't, I don't find it super valuable. So I've just cut out following a lot of those people unless they share something else that I, you know, really like that they're cooking or they're whatever. But if it's, if it's just something like, I just don't relate. And finding people that I do relate to has helped me so much be able to like picture myself in that situation. Like when I see a girl in a great bathing suit, I'm like, oh, that one might look good on me. Like it's so much easier to like um, kind of connect with people when I feel like they're, they're we're on a similar wave, wavelength and they're not trying to change their body or they're not 
you know, just completely different shapes than me. Like I'm not going to get those, you know, high impact sports bra recommendations from someone whose boobs don't hit them in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But I'm just saying like, that's, it's just, it's just helpful. And I have found that the more I surround myself with seeing people that look like me, the less I look at myself in the mirror and think I look weird. You know what I mean? Like it it just makes it look, it's just like who you surround yourself with. You start to think that that's the norm. And that's your Instagram is who you surround yourself with. Like if for sh- you it, see some of those people more than you see your, people in your, your life. friends in real life, which is a sad, but realistic thing to admit that yeah. they are like coming into your consciousness on a daily basis. Whereas a lot of the people that you love and love yeah. you are not. Yes. There was more people online that, I mean, also I think that if you see someone on the internet, they're more likely to be like, like I feel like the fitness influencers used to fall. They are in like tiny sports bras and shorts or whatever. And most of my friends, no matter how fit they are, I don't see them in like their bra and underwear every day, you know? Like, oh my God. The yoga girls I used to follow. I don't fo- see. I don't follow. Yeah. I don't follow any like fitness or any mommy or any, anything because it's just, it's just too easy to compare yourself to them. Yeah. And it's like too easy to go down that rabbit hole and they might catch you at a bad time mm-hmm. where you're not feeling great about yourself. And it's just, easier to remove the option of that happening unless there's an, and I find that the people I still, I do follow people who are thin and I will, sometimes I'll see their stuff, but I'm thinking of them as like, Oh, that's, there's one girl in particular I'm thinking of who is a really good thrifter. She always finds like the best stuff at antique stores and she lives not that far away. So I like, I, when I see her, I don't even think what her body looks like. I think, Oh, I wonder if she's found anything good recently. Like it's yeah. not like antiques wise. So it's just like the people that their content is specifically focused around what their body looks yes, like yes. is particularly hard to dis like disconnect from that part of your brain that's like I should look like that. So totally. One thing that I was going to say when you were talking about the whole just like taking a few minutes every day to take care of yourself, I actually I was on a yoga retreat <laughs> a few years ago and. One of the women there is a psychologist and I was having a conversation with a different um, girl who was there. We were talking about makeup and she was like, makeup is the way I like express my creativity. She always had on like an amazing lipstick and like different color eyeliner. And she just like took so much pleasure in her makeup. And I was saying, um, just, I struggle with feeling like taking the time to put on makeup is vain and like yeah. superficial and unnecessary and kind of like wasteful because makeup is expensive. And if I'm not going anywhere, like why am I kind of like wasting it on myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and the woman who's the psychologist said, it's not about that. It's that every time you do something to show your body and your self, your spirit, your soul, every time you do something that shows that you love yourself, it is sending a signal to your brain that I am valuable. Yeah. So she was like, whether it's, it could be making your bed, it could be brushing your teeth, it could be like any of the things that you do for yourself tells yourself, I love you, you are valuable. Yeah. And it, it, like, it changes the way you view yourself from the inside out. That's, yeah. I have totally found that to be true for myself. Well, it made me really, because like, I do like to put on a little bit of makeup. I like to put on a like a good lip color. I like to do my hair sometimes. And I was feeling almost badly that like, oh, I'm just, I must just be doing this, you know, to like 
look good in pictures or yeah. like to, cause there's so much about also just like acceptance. Mm-hmm. Like you should love exactly what you look like almost to the point of feeling like, well, then I, it's, yes. I clearly don't love myself if I'm putting on makeup, but that's not the case. Also, like, who are we kidding? Our makeup is not doing that much. Like, and that's even <laughs> the irony with, like, people being, like, obsessed with trying to find, like, the... Per- I'm, like, like people being uncomfortable tucking their shirt into their pants because their belly is going to show. I'm, like, your belly is still there. It doesn't really matter if your shirt is hanging over it or not. People know you have a belly. It doesn't probably matter to them at all. And the same with, like, you know, you're not changing your whole face with just a little contour. Like, you This, keep- this tin and moisturizer? <laughs> This mascara is not making my eyes look double the size. It yeah. can feel like it's being vain, mm-hmm. but I have adamantly in the last year have to really push back against that idea of like, what's considered vain? And some people who do like the most amazing makeup looks, I'm like, they're basically artists. Like they're literally doing artwork on well, their face. And that's what this girl was saying. She's like, this is the way, like I work in a pretty formal job. I can't wear very creative outfits, but doing my makeup a little bit creatively is like, the way I scratched that itch. And I was like, that is such a cool way to think about it. Like, this is not so people think I'm beautiful. This is because I really enjoy it. And then, yeah, the psychologist saying like, yeah, and anything you do for yourself signals to your brain, like I am valuable, I am worth this. And I think everything that you've shared that, yeah, whatever shape your body is at the moment deserves to be respected and cared for with clothes that fit. Yep. Yeah, it totally, I was just writing a post today. I have a Facebook group that's for plus size women. Um, I'll link it in the show notes if you guys want to join it if you're plus size. Um, but I, somebody was writing, like, I'm doing photos and I've gained some weight recently. Like, what would what would you guys wear to be confident? Like, what would you, and I wrote back some examples of things that I would wear or how I would think about it. But I also said, go ahead and, like, update your makeup if you haven't in, in, in a couple months. Or, you know, make sure you have hairspray and make sure, you know, find, like, get the things that, those finishing touch things like jewelry and shoes and the undergarments you're wearing underneath an outfit, those matter a lot too. Don't think just about like the, you know, the dress you're wearing or something. Um, and I feel like all of those little things together really add up. To, yes, totally. Like if you're, if you're wearing a short dress and you haven't put moisturizer on your legs in a while, go ahead and put some, you know, nice, thick, nice moisturizer on your legs and your legs will be like glowing and you'll look down and just feel a little bit more confident in yourself and that can help. It doesn't have to be like you need to go on a six month diet before a photo shoot or something like that. It can be the little things that really can just give you that extra shine that you're looking for. Clearly have a lot to say about this, but it's something we're really passionate about and yeah, we could probably do a whole part two to this of other things that we've done or learned. Let us know on our uh, podcast Instagram what you guys do to make yourself feel more confident and just know that like our bodies are going to change throughout our lives it's a very weird expectation but I get where it comes from that we're all thinking that we should all stay exactly how we looked in high school or at our thinnest or at our fittest but that's not how it works like your face changes your body changes you have a baby you go through an illness you it's just unrealistic so Love the skin you're in. Yes. If you are lucky enough to grow old, enjoy it. Absolutely. <laughs> it is a privilege denied to many. We'll be back next week with a new episode. And be sure to review this podcast and subscribe. Bye. Bye. <laughs>